0: Hello and welcome in to On The Preds with me, your host Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On The 4 Chick. We are here a day after we normally record on a Monday because Sunday the Predators played hockey or at least they showed up to the rink to participate in a hockey game in which (laughs) there was a final score that I'm not sure they had much to say about that just happened to them. Um, Talking, of course, about the complete blowout loss to the St. Louis Blues on Sunday. We will talk about that one, as well as the other four games that happened this week. What's going on, Sean? Oh, man. Alex, what a a weekend of hockey. The highs, the lows, the lows. Yeah, I'm really glad we did not record. I mean, normally what we do is if there's a game on Sunday, we'll either wait till after the game or record the next day. I'm really glad we did not record after that game.
1: Oh, man. There would have been... Just ample opportunity, I'm sure, for, like, just playback of me saying something like, you know, I think they're going to give the Blues a run for their money. It's going to be a great close game. And then I would have looked like a yeah. fool.
0: Well, or I just, I, also just, like, after a game like that, what? how could you possibly have a, you, you need at least, like, a 24-hour period of, like, kind of, to reflect on something so bad like that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's th- just awful. You need to go to, like some kind of like
1: memorial or something and just a quiet place of contemplation and just be alone with your thoughts and feelings for a while to really, really just wrap your head around it. And and then just
0: to move on because there's really no other option. Exactly. Well, being alone with their thoughts is something that the predators are not when it comes to the standings. They are quite not alone. They are very crowded with other teams now, including the Dallas stars who have for the time being jumped them in the wildcard standings. They are, after a, a two and two week for the Predators, they now sit in the second wild card spot with 91 points. Dallas has a game in hand on them. They play tomorrow night. They don't play tonight. They don't think. No, they don't play tonight. They play tomorrow night against. I actually don't know who they play. Um, who maybe like stars? Minnesota. Yeah, Stars. Who do the Stars play tomorrow? It's a great question. I'd be happy to look Uh, it up right now. Okay. You can look that up. But either way, the Predators are in the second wildcard spot, which means that they now also really have to worry about Vegas because if Vegas catches them and passes them, that means the Predators are out of the playoffs this whole time. It's been about kind of holding off Dallas for that top wildcard spot. Now they have to worry about, could they be out of the playoffs with only six games remaining? So, not a fun position for the Redditors to be in. Uh, they desperately need to rack up more points. We, they also have a new look in the lineup. We are going to talk about that in particular today, involving one big trade piece from the offseason, so we'll cover that. And then, of course, we will recap all of the games. Anything else you want to touch on today? What, what, what was I looking up? Who the Stars are playing?
1: Tomorrow, the, yeah, the stars, What's the Stars schedule? The Stars are playing tonight. Oh, they play tonight. They do play tonight. They play tonight at uh, 9.30 Central, which, I mean... What do they play, like know, LA or something? It's the it's the Canucks. Oh, they been, go to Van-
0: they're go they in Vancouver, okay. On a roll, if I recall. So Yeah, the Predators really desperately need Vancouver to do something tonight. So by the time you listen to this, maybe the Canucks will have beaten them, and that would be good. That's so, um, yeah, what we want. So one thing that the Predators cannot do is relax. However... If you need to relax your back, you need to go to Relax the Back in Green Hills here in Nashville, Tennessee. It is the only place where you're going to figure out how to work better, live better, sleep better, and feel better every day. Uh, Because as we all know, if you sleep well, you will live well. I know that after a good night of sleep, my day the next day is wonderful, which is why today hasn't been a great day for me because I didn't get a lot of sleep. I should have gone to Relax the Back to figure out, actually, it wasn't a back issue. It was the storms, you know, dogs and all that.
1: Um, mm, but yeah. they've
0: got so many... The, the, the Relax the back store. Sean, you've been there. It's a wonderful place. they yeah. have got a lot of great stuff for uh, sleep comfort, for work comfort. Um, tell us about that that zero-gravity thing, that that zero-gravity chair. What happened with that? Look, the thing about the
1: zero-gravity chair, I've always heard them talk about, you know, oh, it's a zero-gravity setting. And what that actually is, is that when, when the astronauts fall asleep in zero gravity, this is the position that the body naturally goes into. And so what they're doing is they're mimicking that position because the idea is that that allows the spine the best chance to decompress. And they say that when you're tossing and turning in your sleep, that your body's actually trying trying to put itself into that position naturally to try to get as much, uh, I guess, the best sleep you could possibly get and the best uh, spinal decompression
0: that you could ask for. There you go. So, in the, and the reason Sean knows that is because he went to the back, the the relax the back store in Green Hills, 2020 Glen Echo Road. You can go there too and learn about the four pillars of wellness healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. Okay. Let's talk about the Predators. We've got to go all the way back to last Tuesday. So, there were two wins this week. Here's the first one it was against San Jose. San Jose is not a playoff team. This is one of the few remaining teams that the Predators play that are not playoff teams. And Mark Borbietzky starts it off fresh off the Evgeny Malkin situation. Mark Borbietzky wastes no time fighting someone. This time he fights someone named Jeffrey Veal, who I've never heard of. Uh, I don't think Borbietzky knew who this guy was. He just needed to find a face to punch. That's what he did. (laughs) Hey, sometimes faces need punching, Alex. Borvietsky would finish with 10 minutes of time on ice and nine penalty minutes. So uh, he was busy on the night. Kapo Kokkinen was really good for the Sharks as the Nashville flooded the zone with plenty of shot attempts and shots on goal. The Predators finished with 41 shots shots. And yet it wasn't until Ryan Johansson tried to actually make a pass in overtime that they finally scored his centering pass to Ekholm. In this slot, ricochet off a Sharks defender and went into the net to give the Preds a one nothing shutout – I'm sorry, yeah, one nothing shutout overtime win. UC Saros with 25 saves in his fourth shutout of the season. This was important because the Stars also beat Tampa Bay, which was a nice win for them at home, so the Preds remained up one point in the standings. That was a big game, that shutout win over the Star- uh, Sharks. It's
1: really, really counting on them losing to Tampa Bay. I, I thought that would have yeah. been – A much better deal for everyone all around and i I I don't like i don't like getting into the part of the i mean i don't like cheering for other teams like don't get me wrong like that's garbage but i don't like cheering for other teams to lose unless they're necessarily the team that the predators are playing against it seems kind of weird to be like oh the the future of this season or postseason rests on
0: this team doing bad and that's that's never good yeah 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 yeah. i mean Generally speaking, yeah, it's not good to be in that position. By the way, it's one thing that keeps happening here is people are like, how how is the predator? How are the predators, you know, in this position where they have all these guys with all these success, you know, having a ton of success this year? They have they have all these players that are you know, they have two guys that are going to push for forty goals. Roman Yossi doing what he's doing. Yossi Saros also having a really good year. Uh, Let's not forget that the Predators are in a very tough division and in a very tough conference, they have 91 points right now. They have six games left. So they can maximum, they can get 104 points. Um, most years, like 90, even 91 points is probably going to make you the playoffs and, and definitely Whoa. like 95. It's, it's usually the cutoff is usually around 91, 92, 93, right around here. Um, and they're going to, they can still get hundred points. I mean, they, they could still have a 95, 96, 97 point season. If they at this point if they were to get 97 points and miss the playoffs I'm just looking briefly at their history that's I don't think that's ever happened. If they were to get only 6 more points out of their last 6 games which is like basically kind of not that's not very good. 6 points in 6 games that would be half their points they could possibly get. 97 points um I'm just going to go ahead and say that's never happened for the no that's that's never happened. They they had 88 in the last time they missed the playoffs was 2014. They had 88 points that year. Hmm. This would be 10 more points than that. Obviously, it's different, different scenario. Expectations are much different, but we can't forget that. Like that, that it's not just about something going wrong. It's that they've had a ton of competition. They 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 are in a division with three teams that could all win the Stanley Cup: Minnesota, yeah. St. Louis, Colorado. And I think what's remarkable too, it's it's not just
1: that. You've got to look at the way you get into the playoffs. You're either the top three in your specific division, or you have the one of the next two best records overall in your conference. And so you're not looking at a situation where it's four teams from one division and four teams from the other. You're looking at five coming from the central. Realistically, mm-hmm. um, you know that that should tell you something. And of course, let's not you know overlook the fact. I mean, Colorado has. I think last week I said they had like 700 points or something. It's like 800 yeah. now.
2: It's ridiculous.
1: Thousand. Yeah. The First, thousand. Shoot. First thousand point team. That's probably yeah. going to be right there. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely Which, insane. By the way,
0: that to the Predators would play if the playoffs started tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. All right. So let's move to Thursday. Speaking of tough, the Edmonton Oilers um, come to town. Uh, so here's the thing. This is, a, I, I wrote this prior to Sunday. This is a game we've come to expect from this team about once a week, maybe once every other week, a game where the Predators don't look like they belong on the same ice with the other team. It happened twice this week. Uh, the Oilers are a very good team. I don't know that they are really this good, but Leon Dreisidel just continues to punish them. He has 19 goals and 20 career games against Nashville. That's the most against his highest total against any team. Uh, and in the end, the Predators just didn't have it. Mike Smith shut them out. They look like they really just couldn't skate at either end of the ice. They look slow. They could not get it going.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to say they look slow, but, I mean, they're also playing against the Oilers, and I feel like the Oilers have been a fast team for a long time. Um, you know, and and I'll point out, too, and we'll probably talk about this again. Spoiler alert, Alex. Spoiler yeah. alert. But you got to remember that the Predators' kind of identity relies on making the team fight for every inch of ice that they can gain and that works pretty well against most teams but when you can't catch the team
0: yeah you can't hit the team does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah it, it does yeah um, at saying. some point you you've got to to find a way to impose your will it, it, the predators have got to find a way to impose their will against a team like this they did it in the next game we're going to talk about Chicago but they did not do it in this Oiler's Game. I don't know if if Edmonton did anything in particular that stood out to me. I, I remember. I remember the the issue with that game really was the Predators just were not capitalizing on anything on Mike Smith. That was early on the issue. If I if you remember, there was a situation they were down one nothing. Maybe it was two nothing. No, it was two nothing. They were down two nothing. They got a power play. This was in the second period. They were down two nothing. They got a power play. They. Nearly have a goal on Mike Smith at least twice, and then give up a shorthanded goal to the Oilers to go down three nothing. And that pretty much was the end of the game. I mean, like, that was that was pretty much all she wrote. Similar situation in St. Louis on Sunday where they were down two to one or three to one, and then all of a sudden it's just things got crazy. Um, so yeah, Edmonton, not a great result. Let's move quickly to Chicago because. Uh, this was the other win. Look, the Preds needed badly to get back on track against Chicago. They started off really nice um, with Tomasino, Philip Tomasino sending a very nice pass to Ellie Tolvanen to make it one nothing. Really good glimpse at, at 2021 Ellie Tolvanen, not not so much 2022 Ellie Tolvanen, but the good version that we got used to seeing last year. Um uh, and there's a new look fourth line. We're going to talk about more on that later. New look fourth line. Maybe you can't even really call it a fourth line. but um, However, just after that, Patrick Kane tied it up a few minutes later, and then he stared down a fan like a weirdo. It was Not really sure that weird. Was that. Although I do have one thing to say. So uh, there were reports after the game. So John Glennon, who covers the uh, NHL, I mean, he, he writes for NHL.com now, I, I think is base- basically mainly what he does. Um, He did the game report for that game. And so he went to the Edmonton locker room and at, I'm sorry, Edmonton Chicago locker room to ask about, uh, ask Patrick Kane, what was the reason behind that? And his report, and this is just me hearing John Glenn talking about it after the game is that he asked him and John said, John said that Patrick Kane said, he paused for a second and then said, "Mm, there was no reason. Which John and a bunch of other people interpreted as there was a reason, but Patrick Kane did not want to go into it. So there was something between him and that fan, but we don't know what it was. I I, I like watching the replay and you can see the guy just kind of look at him like. I I assume I I assume it's nothing more than just it was a pre maybe he saw him in pregame. Maybe the guy said something to him in pregame or shouted Mm. at him during pregame. And he just, since he scored the goal, he just went and stared him down. I'm assuming it's something like that. That seems like something Patrick Kane would do. That seems
1: very Patrick Kane.
0: Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that ties it up. Then Chicago goes up two to one. Backdoor play to Dominic Kubalik. Kubalik, uh, and it was butt clinching time in Bridgestone Arena because they were down <laughs> two to one after having lost to Edmonton four nothing and needing points against a bad Chicago team. Uh, but then Roman Yossi gets a backdoor play of his own, ties the game. He scored just after that, too, but that didn't count because Matthew Shane was offside. And then Matt, Matthew Shane scored on a very wild play in front of the Chicago Nets. Kind of craziness happened. At, then Mikhail Granlin tips home a shot. Four to three was the final. It was you know a two-goal game late, so it was just kind of it, – it. was a, by the time that the, the Predators tied it up, you felt like they probably were going to win the game. Uh, and that's what happened. So the Predators finished the season 3 0 1 against Chicago. Good result against a bad team. I mean, seven of eight points. You can't, that's, that's pretty good. Take it.
1: Yeah. You'll definitely take that. A lot of, a uh, lot of butt talk in this one, Alex. Butt clenching, backdoor play. Come on.
0: Yeah. I, I, I didn't really intend that, but, you know, I guess it was, I just that's just how it works out sometimes there's butt talk on this show sometimes there's a little bit of butt talk i mean you just gotta be prepared for it all right speaking of butt the predators were very much butt on sunday against the st louis oh, blues man. let's talk about it so the predators worst loss in terms of goals on the board uh and especially in the second period but to me the bigger story here is in starting UC Saros on the second half of a back-to-back, he gets pulled. David Riddick doesn't seem ready to play. He he's not great in relief either. You could obviously make the argument that the Predators did not play well in front of them. I don't I would definitely hear that argument. I I believe that. But at least two or three of those goals were on the goalies. I I know of at least two on Soros and uh, definitely at least one on Riddick. I actually didn't watch most of the second period. I had other stuff to do, but I I watched the highlights and I was like, man, this is bad. So, you know, the Predators scored some goals, but they really had no chance in this game after the second period where they allowed seven goals, which is the record of the number of goals. Sorry. That's the record for the most goals. The Predators have allowed in a period ever, ever happened. So, real bad results on Sunday. Let,
1: let me let me bring this up here. you know I, I looked ahead at, at the notes and it's not on the agenda to discuss but this seems like the place, okay? Um, so there's been a lot of talk, Alex, you've probably heard. I think maybe you yourself may have participated in this talk in saying that you know playing a goalie back to back is you know not standard practice
0: and usually not advisable, right? Oh, um, I, I think it, I think it is standard practice. I think it's not advisable. I, maybe not standard practice. It doesn't happen as much as it used to. I'll say that. Well, I, I guess here's the thing. Um,
1: why not? And I just talk to me about this. Why not start Riddick against Chicago?
0: Yeah, that, I think that was what most people thought, and I think I think that would have been a, a fine move. Start Riddick against Chicago. Knowing that you got St. Louis on Sunday. But especially after already locking down the two points against Chicago with Soros, why not you've start right on Sunday too? You've got your two points. I mean, I, I guess
1: I guess for me, um, if you don't trust your backup goaltender, okay. If you don't trust yeah. your backup goaltender, um, then you should at least trust the guys to defend in front of him, right? And yeah. if you don't trust your backup goaltender and you don't trust your guys to defend in front of them, what is that? I mean,
0: is that a team that's going to the playoffs and making a lot of noise? I mean, look, th- there's – okay, so there's six games left in the season. I, I, at this rate, I, I doubt we see David Riddick again. And I, I, and having said that, it might be that we never see David Riddick play for the Predators ever again because cert- if they make the playoffs, they're certainly not going to see him in the playoffs. Unless Soros is pulled or something. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I don't really understand. Unless they are, unless when, you know, when they make the David Riddick signing and think that he's going to be in at some level, and then early on they realize that he's not. And so now they're just like, okay, we're just going to ride Soros and then we're not going to re-sign Riddick. And then next year we're going to call up Connor Ingram and he'll be the backup. Okay, so if you're gonna do that, why not just go go get Connor Ingram back up here? I mean, like, the, you, you need the guy. If you right. if you don't trust Riddick that much, surely right. you trust someone. And I, I don't know. I mean, Connor Ingram had a win in Minnesota. That was a earlier on in the year. That was a pretty yeah. hostile environment. Big tough two points they needed, and they got it. Um, don't know why he could have d- could have done that against uh, St. Louis. So no uh, roster I, limit. No roster limit. I, They've is got the cap on space. Fully? There there may be know. a limit on goalies. Oh, I thought you could I, do I thought you could do whatever you want. No, maybe not. Maybe it's just maybe it's just not standard. I thought right. there were no rules. Yeah, I guess there's no rules. I, I, I thought maybe there was a limit on goalies, but maybe there's not. I'm not a rules expert. A, no, because like a bunch of games have like four goalies.
1: <laughs> well, I, <so laughs> I think it just doesn't I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. It just it seems like and you've got, like you said, six games left. Four of those games are back to back games.
0: Yeah, they have more back to backs coming. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we will see him at some point, or or will we?
1: I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's like you said, we may not see and him play for the rest of the season. But the
0: the explanation that John Hines gave really was just not good. I mean, it's I don't know who asked him. I know that um, Kayla Anderson retweeted a or tweeted a video of it out. I'll have to go watch it again. I, asking him about the decision to start Soros and. It was just like we talked about it. We thought about it. You know, we went over the numbers and decided to go ahead and start him. It, there, there was no real explanation. It was just like we did it. Line up decision. I, guess
1: I the only thing I can really think, and and you know, this this is just me thinking out loud here. You know, maybe you pull Soros. You think, okay, hey, he'll go in. He'll be fine. Oh no, he's not. We'll pull in, put in Riddick. He should be able to, you know, to, to stop the bleeding at least. But. You know, he'd been sitting there. He'd been sitting there the whole first period, you know. Um, He sat there for a lot of this, or some of the second. I don't remember exactly what time it was, but he's sitting there cold. You know, it's not like you don't go to the bullpen like you do in baseball and get warmed up, right? You're just sitting there. I'm sorry.
0: It's called the arm barn now. It's not the bullpen. It's the arm barn.
1: (laughs) I got to go. (laughs) <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry so yeah they don't uh, they don't have an arm barn there you go for goalies so it's not like he really had a chance to get warm so you you put him in there and, and it's like okay they light him up but uh, realistically speaking maybe that's just bef- by the time that they lit him up then that's when he was warm i don't think they go through the same paces pre-game to warm up like you know at least time in the net, it seems like during warmups, you know, and if you're going through that, I mean, I'm not saying like, this is some big excuse, like clearly for the backup goalie, you have to have that mentality going into the day that you could be called into service at any time. I'm not making an excuse and saying like, well, he wasn't ready, but the the reality could just be that, you know, it wasn't like they made the change in the middle of the intermission. Um, It was literally like second period, boom, boom, boom. Hey, we're pulling you out. We're putting Riddick in, and then he has to go straight out there and face a team that's already. I mean, according to NBA Jam rules, they're not just heating up; they're on fire.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were definitely they they met the, the NBA Jam fire criteria. Yeah. Uh, D- David Riddick has just not been really good. I mean, it, like he had a decent career when he was in Calgary, where he got the reputation, the big save, Dave, and all that stuff. He had he had a good year. His best year, a nine eleven save percentage, nine one one save percentage. That he had twenty seven wins. That's a pretty that's a good season. I mean that's like that's really not bad. Went down after that, and then ever since it has never even come close. This year he has an eight eighty three save percentage. That is well below replacement value. Or, or, I'm sorry, replacement level. And I mean it's just, it's not been good. I, UC Saros uh, rested is obviously a better option. You see Soros zero days rest is it's like a toss up. And I, I think the risk of putting Soros out there really wasn't worth it and it didn't work. So okay. bad decision. Yeah. Bad cool. decision. Um, so we've talked about that. I, I guess that's pretty much, we can just end there and talk, talk, move on because yeah. It was a bad week, too, but you know, they, they did get a couple wins. They got uh, a couple things to fall their way, but and they're still technically in a playoff spot. I think their playoff chances now are like 85%, which is still not bad, but it's not, it's, it's gone down. It was like 92. So now it's like 85, you know, well, not going in the right was, direction.
1: When I was younger, an 85 was a B,
0: and I wasn't allowed back in the house until it was an A. 92 was a B for me. 90, you had to get a 93 to get an A. Okay, look, we didn't
1: all go like to fancy schools. Okay. Is that Someone not what it just, was for you? No, we look, we're a, we're a tiny little school in the middle of nowhere, just one one high school in the whole county. Look, we were just we we're just happy we had a school building to go to, okay?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I I didn't I didn't realize that no one that, that the grade structure was so different elsewhere. Well, Alex,
1: it, it actually just varies from uh, district to district, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. but I'd I'd always gone to to when I was in California and I was in Kentucky, it was always the same. Um, even in college, it was it was a ten point oh, yeah. scale. So that's true. You know, I, I don't know. It's a new thing. The school I teach at is like you said, ninety three is a B. So whatever. There you go. Um, hey Sean, what did you have for dinner
0: tonight?
1: Oh man, you know we we got a little busy with some things. We had to hit the uh, hit the drive through, got some Burger King. It's cold okay. by the
0: time I ate it. So instead of Burger King, what you could have done is gotten some pre-proportioned fresh ingredients delivered to your house, all in a convenient box from HelloFresh, which is known oh. as America's number one meal kit. You would have been more satisfied with your meal. You would have saved a little bit of money and you would have been able to cook your own meal in your house, which is always a better uh, option for everyone. It, it's all about convenience Um, you know, I understand fast food. I get that. But you know, the next time, next time you are are looking for some food options, all the ingredients come pre-proportions. You're not overbuying, wasting food. It's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table. The HelloFresh chefs really know how to diversify the menu. You can pick from 50 different weekly options. You can skip weeks if you need to. There's an app. You can update all that stuff in your app. We did it tonight. We had penne pasta with Italian sausage meatballs little Parmesan cheese on there. We made a little side salad. That was an extra thing that we did. And then, uh, you know, it's just, it's delicious stuff. Hey, you know what else? They give you free stuff too. I got what? a free New York style cheesecake, a little mini cheesecake in my box this week. I haven't eaten it yet. It's still in my fridge. going to save that for a special treat for myself or for my daughter, or for my wife, whoever happens to eat it. Uh, but what you need to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash Pred16, use the code Pred16 for up to 16 free meals. They'll give you free gifts, like the cheesecake. Um, we got some, some soda in our box the other day, some candy bars. It's it's all kinds of cool stuff. So, HelloFresh.com slash Pred16, use the code Pred16 to get 16 free meals. Do it. It's good. It's good stuff. I tell you, I... I uh got a free onion ring in the bottom of the bag well hey we got to be happy with what happy with what we have in life right it's, it's a little victory <laughs> all right so the playoffs for the predators are looking a little tougher this was not a good week mostly because the competition was tough but you know it doesn't really get any easier this week we'll talk about the upcoming schedule but calgary tampa minnesota that's three really good teams i mean that's like I could see all three of those teams, well, not all three of them, but any one of those three teams winning the Stanley Cup.
1: Can't see them all collectively sharing it just I mean maybe.
0: If you put all those three teams together, it'd be like the greatest team of all time. I mean, mm. they're all really good and I don't like where the Predators are at right now. This was not a, this was such a bad week that I really am starting to have doubts. I I've never really been uh, feeling this way until until this week, until Sunday, until I saw the two blowout losses against Edmonton and St. Louis, both at home. I wasn't really doubting it, and now I'm I'm kind of inching that direction. I, I if I was if I was eighty percent thinking the Predators would make the playoffs, I'm down to like sixty, maybe fifty five. I'm still I still think they'll get there, but I'm I'm you know losing a little bit of faith here. Well. Do you want a little bit of good news, Alex? What's that?
1: Right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, breathing down the Predators' necks, are playing the New Jersey Devils, and guess who's winning?
0: (laughs) The Devils? The Devils are winning. I I mean, that is good news. Who scored? Nathan Bastion. Let me know who that is. Uh, so the, I mean, that's good news, but like, I, I still think that if you're counting on the predators to have other teams lose, man, that's just not <sighs> oh going to go well for you because I mean, Vegas still has a really good team. I mean, they got a lot of really good players. They're, they're built well. They they've, I mean, I, I, I would not want to be in a situation where the predators are having to watch and see if the Vegas golden Knights can lose in order to be in the playoffs only then to play the Colorado avalanche, by the way, <laughs> You know, what, you know what that means? What's butt clinching time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would definitely mean that. I mean, the Predators have been in this position before. I mean, I know people are going to get mad if I make this comparison, but 2017, the, that, that playoff, they were in the position where they were fighting for the playoffs at the very, very end. And they were in, like, the second – they were in the top wild-card spot, and then they lost to Winnipeg. I remember this very vividly. They lost to Winnipeg on a really just kind of crazy situation – and then another team won, and so then they got bumped to the very last spot and had to play Chicago. It just feels like a very similar situation, and there is no guarantee that they could do the same thing they did that year in the playoffs. So, you don't want to be in that position. It just is not preferred. <laughs> I mean, um, it was, anyways. It was not a, it was not a good look then, and it would not be good this year. But I did want to bring this up. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I was making a note that you
1: said that this team oh. is like the 2017 Preds, just for oh. posterity's sake. So
0: I really wasn't saying that. I, I was saying was no. th- that situation was, but let's talk about um, Cody Glass for a second because okay. uh, he made his return to the Predators this week, played in three games, two, two games, two games. Three games. I'm trying to remember. Did he Keep play in the Edmonton game? I cannot remember. I don't I don't Let's say it did. was two games, maybe three games. I will uh, check right now. Yeah, check and see if he played in the Edmonton game. That was a bad game, anyways. But I don't think he did. Um, but anyways, uh, so what's happened is Cody Glass has come up now. Michael mccarran has been injured, so he's kind of had this. They've kind of been. He did play Thursday. Okay, so he's played in three yeah. games. All right, so Cody Glass has now been playing on a line with Philip Tomasino and Ellie Tolden. Of course, Glass coming over in the Ryan Ellis trade where the Predators acquired him from Vegas after sending Nolan Patrick, all that stuff. Um, and at least against Chicago, I remember them looking very good. Now, St. Louis and Edmonton were a different different story, but I do have some stats here to, to, to talk about. But I wanted to get your take on... That line, and then I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna play audio from John Hines on that too because uh I think the glass you know, obviously Tolvin and Thomas have been here all year. The glass impact, the glass impact is an interesting one because I think he looks like a different player, I and mean, he, he looks faster, he looks stronger, he looks more confident, and you'll hear all those things from John Hines too. But what have you? What do you think so far about that new element in the lineup? I like it a lot,
1: and I think, I think the reason that that I'm enjoying this so much is that you know we've we've heard a lot about you know the the youth movement, Alex. Yeah, heard that a few times. Um, but this to me seems like a real youth line because you do have three young guys. Um, and I don't want to try to say, like, oh, you know, well they all play together in Milwaukee because they really didn't. Um, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. they played together yeah. there at all, actually. No, um,
0: Tolvin would have been gone
1: by the time. Yeah, no, they didn't play yeah. together. I mean, they they haven't played together, but they they all have spent time with Carl Taylor, and I think and, Carl Taylor he lost,
0: he got here this year. So,
1: yeah, I think Carl Taylor is a uh, an outstanding developmental coach. I think he's a great coach, and I think you see a lot of those guys that play for him kind of come in. Um, I don't want to say with a different attitude, but it's a fresh attitude, I think. And, and they come into the NHL at that level, kind of ready to continue growing. They don't think, oh, I've arrived. They think, okay, I'm here. How do I stay here? How do I get better? What can I do to improve? Who do I need to start talking to? Who should I mimic? Um, and I think with, with those three together, you kind of see that all on one line, and, and to me, he's kind of breathing new life into these two players that have kind of been thrown around the lineup all season to me. You know, they've just been playing in odd places. Somebody mm-hmm. will get moved up. Oh, we're moving this person up to play on the first line. Or, oh, we're going to move this guy to the second line to play with this center. But here you kind of see these guys intentionally put together. And it's a totally different look for what you would call the fourth line on this team where you've seen a much uh a fourth line with a lot more size, a much more physical fourth line than this particular iteration of it. And I think you're seeing some scoring upside. I think you see Glass specifically getting into a lot of really good positions and places on the ice and in front of the net. Um, And he's not shying away from the physical element, the puck battles and things like that, which is I think where he may have lacked at the beginning of the season. So seeing that come together, Tolvanen we know has really – um, expanded his physical game as well. And you kind of see something that's I think, I think, like we used to say last season about Matt Duchesne, he's doing all the right things, it's just not mm-hmm. paying off. I think you're gonna see that this line's doing the right
0: things and it's going to start paying off quickly. We will talk about what that means. If that, if that happens, what that could possibly mean. Let me play this clip from John Hines because this was after the Chicago game. Um I asked, I asked John about. What he noticed diff- different in Cody Glass specifically? Then we'll talk about the line overall. I hope this audio is okay. I, I, I'm not, I'm not positive you're going to be able to hear everything, but we'll try to recap it if we can't hear it. But here you go. Here's John Hines after Chicago, after the game against Chicago Saturday. Seem to be producing a lot of chances. What's been the biggest difference you've seen in him uh, the last couple of games since the beginning of
2: the year? Well, I think his pace of play is is, is higher, uh, meaning he's 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 playing the game faster. Like he's he's skating, he's making. Uh, his skating is a factor in the game. I think he's making quick decisions with the puck, when to advance it and when to move it, uh, and then the other thing, I think his battle level has been, has been pretty strong where you know, he gets in the, some of the confrontations for the puck. He's, he's winning uh, more of those battles than he's losing. And that was some of the things that we saw early in the year with him was just, it was the speed, the pace, the strength, and, 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 and I think the confidence level. That he had. He hadn't played a lot. He was coming off an injury. He didn't play a lot the, the two years prior to that. So, you know, it's really the development process of a young guy that you know we believe in. In, uh, in Cody, we think he's going to be a really good player, but he's a young guy. He's 22 year old kid that had not played a lot of hockey in the last couple of years, and you know, to be able to go down and get 60 games under his belt and refine his game and play big minutes in important situations and gain his confidence, you know, that's that's a lot of times what happens with young guys. So. Uh, He's had a couple of good games, and hopefully he continues to to play the way he's playing.
0: So one correction to John Himes there. Cody Glass is now 23 years old. Do we need to sing happy birthday? Was it that recent? It was April 1st. April Fool's. Cody Glass is an April Fool's baby. Wow. So he's now 23. Uh, which makes him the old, which is, this is crazy to think about. He's now older than his two line mates. Tomasino's 20 and is 22. Real, so Tol- Tolvanen's still 22? Yeah. To Ellie Tolvanen, was. I think he turned, he's got to turn 23 this year, I think, right? Yeah, too. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Oh, Ellie Tolvanen turns 23 in four days. Oh, wait, when's, <laughs> when's Tomasino's birthday? I don't know, but he's 20. He's a young guy. I know, but what if they were all born in April? April, what a, April line. What a what a fun... Find out. Let's find out. Philip Tomasino, birthday. Oh, it's July. July. He's July with me, yeah. He knows before up. my dad's birthday. So he's 20, age 20. So he, he's going to be well behind them. But it, it is kind of crazy to think about how that line... If that line were to come together... Um, two 23-year-olds and a 20-year-old, you could have that line together for a while. But let me go back to what John Hines said. The things that he said he liked in Cody Glass are similar to what you you mentioned. His pace of play, his battle level. I think that's what he said. His battle level, his pace of play, and his confidence. Uh, he also mentioned how, you know, coming into this season, he hadn't played a lot of games because... Excuse me, I got to he Because he was uh, injured. So he got like 60 games in Milwaukee a point per game player down there, um, which is, you know, playing in the minutes that he was getting was really good. And he was, he, he, all reports from Milwaukee said that Cody glass was really making a lot of improvement. So, uh, really good to see. Now let's talk about this line because, um, what I saw in Chicago or against Chicago was a lot of zone time I I saw a lot of really good cycle work on the outside, like very similar to like what you'd want out of a top six line, just creative passing vision, battling on the boards for, for keeping the possession, not necessarily rushing things when um, it wasn't there, but, but taking advantage of, of pockets of, of space when they were there working well with the defenseman on the blue line, understanding when to cycle back and when to pinch if you have to cycle back. So really, really a lot of advanced stuff for that line. And, and you know, the, the numbers showed it. So in in four games together, th- those three have played 17 minutes at even strength, which is not very many. So we're going to have to see more. Uh, but the number, the advanced stat numbers, all the shot attempt numbers, the expected goals, the high danger chances, all that stuff, <clears throat> very, very good for that line. And individually, when you break those line, those line mates up individually, how do they look just without the other two line mates? Not as good individually. So it's, it is about the collective group. It's not necessarily one guy that's pulling everybody up, if that makes any sense. When you separate them out, they're individually okay, not bad, but they're just okay. But then together they make a really good unit so far in 17 minutes. We need to see more.
1: Well, yeah. And I think you think about that this is going to, this might sound bad when I say it, Alex, I and mean, I don't mean it to sound bad, but the all three of these guys have developed or spent time developing under Carl Taylor. And so you're going to ha- and I know that they, they run the same system in both, in both cities in the, in the HL with the admirals. And of course in the NHL with the predators, but y- you've got to understand at least the way I'm seeing things is that they're all coming in with that same mentality, in that same, you know, like remember coaching at the NHL level is, you know, you are here. There is not a higher level. We need you to do this. Whereas in Milwaukee, it is instructional. Hey, this is how you're going to improve doing this. Yeah, Those things having three guys that have all kind of developed under the same coach that way, I think kind of speaks to that. Um, and, and I'll say too, you know, I think, I also liked what I saw from Glass in front of the in front of the net in the crease in front of the goalie, and I, I'm going to tell you if he could, uh, you know, like start hanging out with Mikhail Grandland and like learn some of that net front stuff that he's gotten so good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Johansson be... too. Oh, definitely Johansson. I mean, yeah. but th- those two guys together, like, pick up some pointers from them. Pay attention to what they're doing. Like, learn what they're doing and start doing that. He's he's going to be nasty.
0: Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, like there's there's still more things he can he can pick up. But here's the thing: right now, where the team is at, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They've already got their top line. I think that their top line going into the playoffs will be the Forsberg Johansson Duchene line. I know things have been jostled around quite a bit. I think game one of the playoffs, if they get there, that line will be together: Forsberg Johansson Duchene. Same thing with the Jano systems trending line. I think for sure that's a line. Again, there's been some shuffling around. Like Jano was with Duke Johansson a couple games there. That's the shuffling's gonna stop. We're gonna see those lines back together. Then it gets interesting. Do they have the Tolvin and glass tomasino line, which has looked pretty good? And then what do you do with that? The leftovers, Granland. Does he just is he on a line with with Luke Cunnan and Nick Cousins? Is Matt Luff in there? Is Michael McCarron back? I mean, certainly Granlin's going to play. I mean, Granlin's a top player on the team. He's going to play somewhere. Um, and and you can try – you know, we have to try not to think too much about, like, line numbers. Like, Granlin yeah. really wouldn't be the fourth line. It would be, like, the second or third line. And this fourth yeah. line with G- Glass and Tomasino would be kind of the fourth line. But they're not a traditional fourth line.
1: Right. Oh. I mean, you could, you could, if you wanted, I suppose you could play Granlund on the wing. Um, um where? Might, I don't know. Oh, anywhere, yeah. <laughs> somewhere, but that would also have him. You know, he'd be able to play on the power play. Um, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. The power same. play
0: probably is unchanged. I mean, I would imagine the power play. the, the power play one is going to stay the same. Uh, the power play, too, has gone through all kinds of changes. I guess Tolvanen's on that now for sure. It's like Tolvanen, Ekholm. Uh, well, Yossi's been playing both now. It's been like Yossi, Ekholm, Tolvanen. Uh, I don't know. Cousins has been on there. Maybe Cunning. I don't know. carrier been playing. I don't think he's been on the power play at all.
1: He's been on the penalty kill, he's on a special team.
0: Special teams oh, will have to spend a, yeah. a whole show on that. We haven't done that in a while we'll have to do You're that. right we do need to do that. But I really like the idea of that line being for sort of forged by fire uh, it, 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 thrown into it if they get the playoffs and just like all right, you guys are a couple of 20 a couple 23 year olds and a 20 year old go figure out how to play in the NHL playoffs because it's t- tough. Um, that could be fun to watch. Uh, I don't think Glass has played in the playoffs. I want to say he didn't play for Vegas in the playoffs. I know Tolvanen has. Tomasino has not. So um, that's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough week. Let's get into I, it. Or go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just looking up some Cody Glass stuff right now. <laughs> Tuesday versus Calgary. Calgary Flames come in. They're the second best team in the Western Conference top of the Pacific. They're going to win that division easily. Um, and they're coming in, you know, really, really good. Then the Predators don't play for three days. Then they play Saturday at Tampa. And then they have a back-to-back Sunday. They come home to play Minnesota. So Calgary, Tampa, Minnesota. Between those teams, you've got, I mean, world-class players. You've got really strong teams top to bottom Great goaltending, great defense. It's going to be such a tough week for the Predators to come away with points. And like they need all the points. They need to go, they need to get six points against three of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. They're going to do it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, I think what you've got to remember, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I've said this a lot on a lot of different forums throughout the season, the Predators typically. Have shown up against strong competition. Um, you know, I think you take you take that what I would call, and what Roman Yosi called, an embarrassing loss to St. Louis, and and coming on the heels of that, you're going to be thrown out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, there's going to be a lot of motivation for these guys, and I don't mean like, you know, like oh well, we better go show them. I mean, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, no, we're we're doing this. We're, I say you see them come out, I don't want to say swinging, because that would imply they're going to be fighting, but I say yeah. look for a a very physically aggressive game. Look for them to set the tone early in all of these games and try to make the point, like, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us. Get it? Beat? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. they're, they're, they might have to return to that that sort of physical – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fight early on against Calgary, even though there's – there's no history between the teams. It's just like there's there's gonna be I think that either Boro, if he's out there or or Jano gets does something, or Cunning, or someone's gonna go out and, and Cousins maybe it's gonna be someone that's gonna go out there and try to to set the tone early because they've got to get that back in the building. I don't think that happened against St. Louis. No, nothing.
1: And and you know what I, I don't I don't know that everyone is aware of this because it's not something on the forefront of everyone's mind, but you've got to remember that Cali Yarncroke is a Cal- Calgary flame now. He is. Yeah. I mean,
0: think about that. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, that's fine. I, <laughs> I've never really, I've never really felt too highly about Cal Yarncroke. I think he's fine. He's a fine player. I mean, he was very cheap for a number of years. Yeah, go ahead and put me on the list. That's fine. He was very cheap for a number of years. That was the, his best quality: is that he was a two million dollar player, and they could plug him in every year. That would, if that's your best quality, that you're cheap. I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't get all that excited. He, I, he would show flashes of like occasionally being a pretty good shooter. Like he could, he could, he could sling it in the net, and he could, he played pretty good defense. It's just he didn't do anything like excellently. You know, I don't think I did, I never watched Cali Yankark and thought. Wow! If he grew the rest of his game, he'd be a, a, an incredible player. It's just like overall, he was just like fine. He was okay, he was decent, decent player. Um, how's uh,
1: how's it feel to be a hater? I don't think I'm a hater. I think
0: I'm realistic.
1: Uh, I know. I was. I was being facetious. I. I, know, I, I know. just. You know, there's that. There's always that element when you take someone like Kelly Yarncroke, who was with the Predators for a long time. Um, spent a lot of time in practice and training um, with guys like UC Soros in the net. So you always have to wonder, like, are they going to come in knowing something and, and you know, being able to take advantage of it? I don't know. I just, you know, maybe that's just naivety on my part, but I, you always wonder, like, is this guy going to come in and blow them up? Like, do they do they know all the secrets,
0: man? Is that what's going on? Is there a conspiracy theory here? Um. I think Probably I'm not. more – I think for Calgary, the Calgary game, I would be more worried about, you know, they have four guys that have scored 30 goals, and not none of them are cali Crook. <laughs> it's true. You and they have cool two guys ass. that are pushing for 40. So, like, they, they've got some incredible talent. I mean – I don't know. I I think that's going to be a tough game. And then of course, Tampa, I mean, they've won two cups in a row And Minnesota. The Predators have played well against Minnesota this year, but you feel like maybe there's going to be, maybe they're due for a loss against the wild. So it's, man, this could really be a, this, this week, this week could really be a killer. If they, if they come up with zero points this week, that's it. Like they're, they're not going to the playoffs.
1: Um. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, just, just a quick update. Two things that I wanted to update you on. First, Cody Glass does have one game of playoff experience. He does? Okay. He does. Um, and and here's here's a little bit of news. At the end of the first, New Jersey is still leading the Golden Knights by one. However, Dallas and Vancouver are tied at one with about
0: okay. 11 and a half minutes left in the first. Okay.
1: Gonna happen. Everybody.
0: I don't know. There you go. By the time you listen to this, maybe it'll already be over. I'm sure. Which, it will. if you've been listening to this, thank you for listening. You can check out all of our hockey coverage at azsports.com. Go to ontheforecheck.com as well. You can check out Sean. I know that he post, posted a uh, interview that he did with um, with Terry Crisp, right? Uh, well, I interviewed Pete Weber. You interviewed Pete Weber college. about
1: Terry yeah.
0: Crisp on the on the right.
1: occasion. Of his retirement so it was a, right. it was a really nice really, yeah I got- anytime you get to talk to Pete Weber I mean I don't know like it, it never seems like long enough I can I could listen to him talk all day and I don't think <laughs> I would ever get bored and I don't think I would ever get tired or have anything to add or say it's just hundred percent pure entertainment all the time and especially hearing him talk about someone as close to him as, as Terry Crisp is um, you know, it's, it's, it's really moving to hear, I think, someone who's, you know, you think, Alex, you and I, you know, we, we've worked together on this podcast for less than a season. These guys, yeah. these guys have, have been working together for over 20 years. I mean, I'm already, naming, I'm already naming people in my family after you, so imagine what <laughs> it's going to be like.
0: <laughs> oh, that's not real, so- but... Yeah, I, I I think I think uh, that was that that was a cool moment and I'm, I'm glad that you got to do that interview so gotta check out check out that on on the 4checkcom go there uh, follow me on Twitter at Alex 31 follow Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF. and uh, we will see everyone next week hopefully we'll have some better news on the playoff front because right this week is not wasn't great maybe next week it'll be better see you everybody